Hello. Hello. I've got a message for you, and you're not going to like it. Greetings for death. No, you listen, you little bitch. You hang up on me again, I'll cut you like a fish, understand? Honey, come on over here, sugar bun. This machine just called me an asshole. Bond. James Bond. They're eating her, and then they're going to eat me. Oh, my God! What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. And Charlie Malfound. Alrighty then. Isn't it? I mean, wow, this has probably been our longest uh, break, I would have to say. What say you, Brother Scott? Yeah, it's uh, even with my sad attempts at trying to keep it going through cryos for that one time. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm Jake the Snake. We're down one man again. And uh, so, why has it been a long time, Scott? I mean, I think something happened between one of us well yeah i think what? so yeah what the, what the hell did happen uh oh I yeah i think everybody already knows but <laughs> <laughs> well yeah in case nobody knows then you know most of our followers are friends with me on facebook i'm a daddy yes, yeah you are. and i Not know something what... that a lot of us thought was gonna happen but you know <laughs> here we yeah. are yeah a lot of you who don't follow me are probably thinking, oh, wow, Jank, we didn't even know you were expecting. Well, uh, here's the saying, <laughs> neither did we. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, one of the most bizarre uh, occurrences, but I guess apparently it does happen. I mean, there's a show on TLC all about that kind of thing called I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant. Never seen it. Yeah, me neither, but I've heard of it, and yeah. Yeah, brief story, so, yeah, she calls me up one day after a doctor's appointment and says, hey, you're going to be a daddy. I'm like, what? And then, you know, after work, you know, I go visit her and, you know, we tell, you know, a few people the news, you know, obviously the parents and a few friends. And, you know, our plan was that Friday was to get an ultrasound 
find out the gender of the baby and then announce it officially to everybody else. But that night, once I got home, about an hour later, she calls me up and says, hey, I'm starting to get some uh, cramps here. Uh, can you take me to the hospital? So I do. And, you know, they do some things on her and well, they're throwing around words like uh, well, the scary M word. You know, the M word you never want to hear when somebody's pregnant. The word that we don't say. Well, yeah. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and so, well, let's just say these uh, doctors at this hospital didn't know what the hell they were doing. So we transported her to another hospital. And uh, there they did an ultrasound. And they're like, um, you're like 38 to 40 weeks pregnant. And, uh, well, that was uh, quite a shock right there. <laughs> and next thing you know, we're in the delivery room. And 15 minutes later, 3.59, we have a little girl. Very interesting stuff. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was uh, quite a shock. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm happy guy. And she's happy as well. You know, it's a little blessing, even though it came out of nowhere. But, hey, no regrets whatsoever. Did you ever think you would ever be a father? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. It was questionable. I you know, I was wondering you know, how I would handle it. But, yeah, I got to say, I'm kind of handling it a lot better than I thought I would. Everybody I, says it's so difficult having a baby. What are your thoughts? I mean, like a goddamn interview. <laughs> I mean, you know, there are some difficult times. Like, you know, she will get sick once in a while, and as I was telling Scott, well, you know, we uh, do some sleeping arrangements for her. But I don't know. At the end of the day, you know, it's not as like crazy difficult as some people may describe it. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, that's. Why we've been off for what? Been two months now. <laughs> two months, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't want to prod into uh, you know your life and say, all right, time to do a show or anything. I wanted to give you some time. So. Yeah. Uh, so of course, we might be a little uh, sporadic, you know, with future shows as well. <laughs> I mean, not only now do we have a kid, but now we also got a place we'll be moving into. Uh, I don't know, we'll tr- try not to keep it two months again and all, but who knows? I doubt it'll be two months. I mean, if yeah. anything, it'll more likely, you know, be, you know, a couple extra weeks, uh, you know. Yeah, not, who knows? Not too long. I'll, I'll, I'll push them. <laughs> who knows, people, by the next episode or the episode after that, I'll be in my new uh, little recording studio. I mean, I'm in a newer recording studio right now, her bedroom, yeah, because uh, I've basically been living with her the last two months, too. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, we weren't living together then, and, well, having a kid, that <laughs> kind of changes some things. So, yeah, that's the story, and, yeah, two of the mofos are daddies now. Ain't that something? Yeah, you're leaving me in the dust. <laughs> yeah, so in case, uh, well, back to the regular stuff. Today we're discussing 
the town that dreads sundown both the original from the 1970s and a remake slash sequel uh, whatever you want to call it <laughs> uh, uh, yeah so uh i had this idea of doing these movies around the actual time of the original murders well i mean it was over a a length of time so we're still in that time frame yeah i suppose we are yeah i've been thinking about it like that so Mm -hmm. yeah just trying to theme it out but you know just add that little extra creep factor i guess (laughs) yep and uh well me being a daddy now uh i kind of want to Keep things a little tight. And well, since we're down the piper this episode, we probably will. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Well, first thing I wanted to talk about, brief football talk. Um, we almost had a pretty rare occurrence there in football. We almost had it where all three of our teams were in the playoffs. But, uh, well, unfortunately for Scott, the Eagles decided to treat that last game like uh, it was a preseason game. It's like, hey, let's start our uh, <laughs> third-string quarterback in the second half. <laughs> Why you not? Fucking asshole. <laughs> uh, so better luck next time, Scott. And Honestly, I'd forgotten about the whole thing until you just brought it back up. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what happens when we <laughs> take two months off, I suppose. <laughs> and, uh, well, honestly... I'm not sure my team belonged in the playoffs at all. <laughs> Our other members team, well, hey, they reached the AFC championship uh, first time in like two decades or so. So, hey, they're getting there. And then there was that Super Bowl, uh, which we will not be talking about. <laughs> I didn't watch it, so I don't know anything about it. Yeah, well, uh, the household I'm in is a sheep's household. And yeah, we weren't happy that night. <laughs> I do gotta say this Sean would be very very proud of this when we were watching the uh, playoff games it was uh, during the wild card weekend we are watching the Bills versus the Colts and I am not kidding you the first time the Bills scored a touchdown little girl she just put her arms up in the air as if to signal touchdown <laughs> <laughs> so hey Sean you got a fellow Bills fan now <laughs> You should let her choose her own team. Don't try to force yeah. the Bears or the Chiefs on her. Well, I don't know. she's already got some Bears onesies and a Patrick Mahomes onesie, so uh, I don't know. Maybe a little too late. Maybe I should buy her a Giants onesie. <laughs> 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 got to start her on the right path there, Jake. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Whatever you say, Scott. Channel 4 News team, I'm Veronica Corningstone. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Go fuck yourself, San Diego. Ah! Well, there's been a lot of stuff to talk about. Well, there's been a lot, a lot of deaths the last two months, and now to be fair, a lot of these people were on the older side, so shouldn't be too surprising, but still kind of sad. So, let's see. First, we had Cloris Leachman, who uh, we featured on the show when we did... Young Frankenstein. I wonder if there was another movie we did with her on it. I don't know. Sounds familiar, but... She was Frau Bruca in yeah. Young Frankenstein. And oh, then... fuck. I, just... I can't remember. And Hal Holbrook from The Fog 
and Creep Show. And uh, let's see. Yeah, that that kind of sucked. Yeah, again, 95 years old, man. <laughs> he had a pretty long life, I would say. Yeah. Uh, Larry King, yeah, he passed away too. Oh gosh, there was a more. Uh, do you, do you remember who else passed away? Mm, no, not really. Yeah. Well, damn it. Well, yeah, let's just say 2021's uh up to uh. A good start in that department. You know, I just find it funny that everybody's like, I can't wait to leave 2020 behind, thinking that this year was going to be so much better. Like, what did you expect? It was just going to be an instant, okay, everything's back to normal? (laughs) Well, hey, you know, we're reaching uh, March now, and uh, last March when things started to get a little worse, maybe it will be better this March. I don't know. Who knows? One can only... Yeah, and speaking, of course, of all the coronavirus and stuff, well, yeah, we got some movies coming up, which are coming to HBO Max and movie theaters, and, you know, I mean, honestly, for me, for me personally, that's probably ideal, because, you know, I want to see most of these movies on the big screen, but, um, yeah, having a kid, that's, uh, yeah, that's going to make things a little hard, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of looking forward to uh, going back to the theater. I mean, trust me, I am not going to be one of those parents that's like, oh, I can't find a babysitter. Might as well bring my baby to the movies with me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God, one of the worst examples I've seen of that was uh, uh, when I went to see Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3D. Yeah, somebody took a baby to that movie. <laughs> Stupid people. I know. Yeah, I'm not going to be one of those parents, believe me. Also, the movies got coming up are, of course, Godzilla vs. Kong, and yeah, really excited to see that one. Yeah, I'm, uh, I think I'm going to see it in IMAX. Cool. And the other one, oh god, this one I am so pumped for, especially after that trailer, Mortal Kombat. Oh my god. Eh. Uh, well, you didn't grow up with Mortal Kombat like I did, man. I I never got into those games, so for me, the hype was never there. Uh, and, you know, I like the original 95 movie, but, you know, it was a PG-13 movie of a M-rated game. That's not right. And this one, oh, it is wearing that R rating so proudly on its sleeve, and... Yeah, you can tell just from the trailers they just put out. <laughs> oh, God. I look forward to this one. Especially that end of the trailer, we got the Scorpion versus Sub-Zero fight. Oh, so glorious. The only thing I think about when anybody says Sub-Zero is fucking running, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. wonder if that was an inspiration. I wonder... In fact, I wonder if we talked about it when we originally did Running Man. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I said, it's it's been uh two months worth of stuff uh, and I'm trying to keep it a little brief. Uh is there anything you wanted to talk about, Scott? Uh nothing too crazy that I can think of. Other than, you know, Spider Man three title got announced. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, what was it again? Uh, no Way Home. Yeah. 
keeping up with that home theme. A lot of people think that it's because Tom Holland's Spider-Man can't go home because he's accused of murder. But a lot of other theories are suggesting that because of WandaVision, spoiler alerts, like, you know, multiverses are going to collapse in on each other and all the Spider-Men are going to be, you know, in the MCU and they, they can't get back to their realities, which, you know, leads into Doctor Strange 2. Mm, yeah, hey. Can't wait to talk about that right in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you are. I'm sure. Uh, did you get all caught up? I I am. Believe it or not, I'm actually caught up with a streaming show for once. <laughs> wow. I'm yeah. shocked. I know. Well, let's. Oh, hi, hi, babe. Well, anything else? Um, no, pretty much the only things that uh, I've been focusing on are Marvel-related stuff. Yeah, I guess, hey, speaking of, what have you been watching? Good lord, what are you watching? Well, seeing as you want to talk about it right off the bat, uh, I've watched all seven, eight, eight episodes of WandaVision. Yeah, it's been eight episodes. So, what are your thoughts? So, I mean... To start out, I can see what a lot of people's, you know, I don't know, like, anger or animosity towards it was. Like, how, you know, it started off real slow. But, you know, I didn't really have too much of an issue. You know, you got to build into it a little bit. You know, introduce new characters, this and that, get the the story rolling. And, you know, I I found it, you know, really interesting. Especially that second episode where... uh, Vision, he gets like gum stuck in his gears. Yeah. And he was acting like he was fucking drunk. That was fucking <laughs> hilarious to me. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, going week to week has been really hard because it's like, oh, there's a cliffhanger. God damn it, man, I gotta wait fucking seven more days before I get <laughs> you know, answers. And of course, the worst part is that these credits are like ten fucking minutes long yeah i mean you would you would have thought i mean well we got it with the last two episodes that you know considering this is marvel we're talking about there'd be like uh end credit sequences or mid but uh no that wasn't the case until of course these last two episodes yeah so uh i'm sure you want to talk about one of the biggest things of the show yeah well we talked about that uh little cliffhanger at the end of episode five maybe uh the the x-men pietro yeah oh man i was floored when that happened like no way yeah i i don't know as soon as i saw him in the door i was like no they're not bringing (laughs) back sailor johnson fuck uh (laughs) And I I just, I've, I've had to try to get over it, and I don't—I still don't think I'm all over it. But they keep explaining how original Pietro is fucking buried with a bunch of bullet holes in him, so nobody can bring him back. Yeah, and you—that's well, kind of cool. You know, I, I think it was the following episode. At one point, the Evan Peters Quicksilver was like, "Ah, oh, kick ass," and of course, both Aaron and Evan were in kick ass together. Yeah. Yeah, so both Quicksilvers in one superhero movie. So, you know, of course, I gotta wonder if it really is the Quicksilver because of all the deception that's going on. Yeah, so uh, I knew going into this, um, 
quite a bit because of you know leaks and stuff like that. But like one of the one of the big bads, Agatha Harkness. Yeah, I mean, man, we just tell from the trailers of the show when they came out that she would be up to no good. Yeah, especially you. I really got the feeling that it was her during the Halloween episode because she was able to talk, but everybody else wasn't able to. Like, when yeah, they were all standing still and stuff, it was like they were frozen, but, like, she wasn't. Yeah, that's a good point, too. <laughs> of course, I just got to gotta talk about the, of course, main uh, plot of the show. Uh, I think it's kind of fun so far. And, like, each episode is, like, a different era of television. And, you know, if you ever, like, followed those, I mean, of course, obviously we weren't around for, like, the 50s to the 70s or and all your case the 80s but of course if you watch reruns of those shows you're like oh yeah these capture the spirit perfectly especially when we get to the 2000s and they're starting to do the whole malcolm in the middle stuff (laughs) yeah the uh what's even more interesting is if you see in this this past episode they actually have a suitcase with like all the uh like the tapes of what the shows are you know they're from right yeah, and they'll bewitched and all that. Uh, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, uh, Malcolm in the Middle, and you know, it was yeah, pretty I, interesting. I saw, of course, on the Reddit, some people are saying, "Oh man, now we have confirmed that Brian Cranston is Brian Cranston in the MCU." Like <laughs> he won't. But of course, a lot of people are saying, uh, "You know, they did reference uh, Big Lebowski in uh, Endgame and." Oh, look at that. Uh, Jeff Bridges was in the first Iron Man. <laughs> and, well, not only that, but they referenced Christmas Story in Iron Man 3. And, yeah, who's that box of scraps guy in first Iron Man and Spider-Man Far From Home? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a movie, people. They don't really care. But, man, I just like all the whole sitcom aspect. And, man, I just gotta admit, you know, the funny bits are just so funny that you just kind of feel so bad that there's something tragic behind them and all. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, it, it, one, uh, one other thing that really, uh, I think, caught a lot of people's attention is earlier on in the seasons when uh, Vision starts uh, bringing people back is uh, that one guy at his work, he's saying she... And, you know, you're supposed to automatically insinuate that, oh, this is Wanda doing everything, but there was another little thing. Yeah, she's got, it's, you know, confirmed that she has, like, a mind control hex on everybody. Yeah, I really like the fact they're bringing Salem Witch Trials into the MCU. That's kind of cool. It's a very different version of the Witch Trials. Well, yeah. Which is kind of interesting. Now far it's looking like this uh, final episode is going to be pretty damn crazy. So uh, probably the one last thing I want to talk about. What are your thoughts on that mid credit scene at the end of the last episode? <laughs> yeah, like I <laughs> Bringing said. Bringing in White Vision. Oh, man. Yeah, it's, I'm imagining we're going to see Vision versus Vision, man. Maybe at some point they'll merge well, I, as from what I know in the comics, apparently they do merge, and he becomes, like, the original Vision again. Yeah. 
and the the white one he's he's like all emotionless and like he's just a big dick for a while <laughs> so you know it, it's gonna be interesting right and uh i'm predicting you know might get a little cameo from uh dr strange in there hey maybe that'll be the end credit sequence for the final episode um yeah i, I don't know i I, I want to know what the hell uh, Paul Bettany was saying about an actor he said he really wanted to work with. And, like... Yeah, and... Oh, yeah, I'm thinking other. that it might be him just messing with everybody because, you know, him playing against himself. Like, right. You know? <laughs> but he said it's somebody he's never worked with, so I... You know, it just... I don't really know. Well, yeah, there's, uh, of course, that one thing where they're talking about... Hey, uh, I got this contact. Um, oh, I forget. Like, you know, a lot yeah, of the, the people are making theories that that's Reed Richards. Reed Richards or uh, someone called the Blue Marvel. Yeah. And man, I got mad. I'm I'm pretty slow because I figured out just a few episodes in afterwards that, oh yeah, this chick, uh, she was the a daughter of Captain Marvel's friend and Captain Marvel. <laughs> I'm like, well, duh. <laughs> I figure that out a little slowly. So I wonder, uh, like, Monica, I wonder, like, what she's going to go as with a name. Because she is, like, I think, what, they said three three different ones? Hmm, yeah. Or something. So, like, Spectre, Photon, and I believe she's Captain Marvel at one point, too. Hmm, yeah. I know that. Man, man, of course, right after this is done... We're going to get into uh, what uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, too. Yeah, it's uh, there's going to be a, a two-week break. Uh-huh. So they're going to do like a uh, behind-the-scenes type of show uh, the week after the finale to, you know, get behind the scenes of, you know, them working on WandaVision, and then it's going to be all that. So it'll be interesting. Well, yeah, back to the uh, Captain Marvel saying, you know, I just wanted to say, yeah, I was planning to do a Marvel marathon at the beginning of the year. But, yeah, obviously uh, plans changed. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I think, think, you know, the whole MCU this year is going to be quite interesting. Yeah. I mean, man, they said... Where else are they going to go after the Infinity Saga? Well, it looks like they still got some good ideas. Yeah. All right. Well, I've exhausted everything I wanted to say about that show. Now, anything else you kind of want to talk about? No, that's about all I can really think of. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. Uh, I still have a few more things. Uh, I ended up watching the original Karate Kid trilogy for the first time in my okay. life. Okay. And, you know, that was uh, quite interesting. Yeah, and I watched then, the next Karate Kid with Hilary Swank. I ended up, uh, after that, watching the entirety of Cobra Kai in about two, three days. Oh. <laughs> and that's, uh, that's quite an interesting show. Yeah, that's how I've heard. If you, uh, if you haven't seen it, it's I think it's definitely worth a shot. You know, it's... It's definitely more adult, you know, oriented. You know, they they get away with quite a bit on there, and uh, you know, it's 
I, I, I think it was pretty good. So check that out. Um, other than that, I really haven't been doing too much other than, you know, playing video games. And I uh, ended up buying the uh, first two compendiums of the boys' comic books. Okay. So I've uh, I've got those sitting to my right, just waiting to be uh, read. And that's about it. Okay, so there's just a few brief things I wanted to talk about, like... You know, before I became a daddy, a few things I watched. So I watched Freaky a long time ago, that body switch slasher movie with Vince Vaughn. That was kind of hilarious. Vince Vaughn pretty much kills it as a slasher, as in, as a, you know, teenage girl in a 50-year-old man's body. (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, I don't know, that, that movie looks interesting. Like, (laughs) <laughs> just to see Vince Vaughn as the serial killer, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's done some roles before where he can play intimidating before, like, check out that flick, uh, uh, Attack on Cell Block 99, I think it's what it's called. Yeah, he's really good in that one. Yeah, so he can play intimidating, but yeah, he can also play extremely funny, and yeah, he shows both of that in this movie. And, you know, plus it is a slasher movie, so, man, it's got some... Pretty good kills as well. Really gory stuff? or Oh, yeah. There's one involving a table saw. That's all I'm going to say. Interesting. Uh, let's see. This movie called Becky, where these neo-Nazis escape from prison and, well, attack this family, you know, in their little cabin in the middle of the woods. But the little girl, Becky, well, she fights back against these neo-Nazis, and she does it very well. And, well, let's see. The thing about this movie is, you know who played the head neo-Nazi? You'd be surprised. No. Kevin James. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I heard about this movie. And I have to say, he actually didn't do, didn't do too bad. Wow, Jake giving Kevin James a compliment. I know. <laughs> Perhaps it's <laughs> the end of the world. <laughs> uh, yeah, some good gory stuff in this. Well, uh, this next one. Oh, boy. I, I can't believe I wanted to watch this. I just attempted to watch this. But, yeah, I've heard some people saying, oh, this is going to be the next Troll 2 in the room. So I checked out <sighs> Cats. Oh, boy. Well, kind of. Well, you know how in the past you've given me shit about, you know, watching a bad movie and not turning it off? <laughs> you didn't turn it off, did you? I, no, I made it 40 minutes into this movie and I'm like, you know what? Life is too short. <laughs> I have a child now. I can't put myself well, in this anymore. <laughs> this was just a few days before I found out I was going to be a dad, but yeah, I was like, nope, no more. So I turned it off and then watched the cinema sins of it. And I'm like, well, uh, I guess I wasn't missing much. <laughs> Whew, that movie is a turd. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe you even gave it a shot after everybody shit so hard on that movie. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> this one was so bad that I'm like, nope, I can't finish it. <laughs> so, yeah, if I can't finish it, people, you, you know it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've suffered through some shit. 
Yeah. I mean, good lord, the one really crappy movie, Things, I watched years ago. I finished that. The Grudge. Oh, my God. That was a turd, and I finished that one. <laughs> but cats. Uh, Can we get an F to pay respects? Like, come on. Well, yeah, speaking of me and um, being behind on streaming shows earlier, well, I caught up on a few of them I've been meaning to catch up on. First was The Mandalorian. Got all that done in one day, and mm, that shit was pretty damn good. Especially the ending of season two. Holy crap. You know, that that show is fucking amazing. Right. You know, I, I don't know what they're going to do with uh, Gina Serrano being uh, fired from the show. I heard there was a rumor that they were going to recast her character. I don't know. Yeah, well, who knows, but yeah, I'm excited for season three now. Oh, yeah, in case you're wondering. Yeah. yeah, we got a bunch of Baby Yoda stuff for the little one. What did well, you uh, think about that teaser for the new Boba Fett show? Oh, I have not seen that one yet, actually. I'll have to check it out. Oh, it's a, uh, it's an after, I think it's an after after credits Oh, scene. okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's called uh, The Book of Boba Fett, and it's going to be coming out uh, at the end of this year. Okay. Well, yeah, like I said, got some Baby Yoda or Grogu stuff for the baby, and most of them, all thanks to our good friend Balsack. And, and <laughs> let me tell you, that was kind of funny explaining to the uh, grandparents about where these uh, things <laughs> came from. <laughs> they came from my friend Darth Balsack. That's what he <laughs> likes to be called. Um, don't judge him too badly, but yeah. Oh, good times. And, yep, another one I finally caught up on. Stranger Things, Season 3. And? Yeah, it was pretty good. I will just say this, though. I found out the news that I was going to become a daddy, like, right in the middle of that season. And uh, knowing what I knew then, well, let's just say that final episode, the final bits, probably would have made me sad before then. But after learning the news, uh, it hit me a little harder. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well at least you uh you'll know that hopper's alive because they've already fucking post images and well, yeah. like a little video of him I being mean, alive so. even though i knew he was still alive just you know it's just it the acting in that scene is just amazing that right. it gets to you and yeah let me just say yeah uh i'm sure sean could attest for this but you know becoming a daddy does kind of uh Hit you a little harder with some certain movies. Oh boy, I can tell you what. I'll probably be a blubbering mess at the end of Endgame now. (laughs) It's like uh, I Am Legend when he has to put down the dog, man. Yep. Like, when you earn, like, these different, you know, attachments, you know, things just, they hit differently. Um, If you don't get, like, a a dog or you don't have a baby or something, you you don't know what it's like. But, oh yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, I did watch Endgame again. I watched it on New Year's, uh, and started it at the right time, so Tony would snap away 2020. 
Yeah, I, <laughs> a lot of people did that, and look what happened to 2020. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, I just wanted to do that. It's like we tried two years ago when me and my friends were watching uh, the Last Jedi, and we are one minute off from what we had planned. I tried what to was, do. What was it supposed to be? Luke saying something? No. Uh, when they use light speed as a weapon in the Last Jedi. Uh, and and then uh, try to do that the previous New Year's with Infinity Wars, so Thanos would snap right at midnight, but my Blu-ray started skipping five minutes into the movie. I'm like, well, it's hopeless now. <laughs> so the fact that I was able to finally get it right this time is pretty pretty neat. Also, I, I just tell you, I was looking at the clock during that final battle sequence. It's like, Oh my god, is it the heck is going to happen? Or am I a minute off again? What? <laughs> I'm, oh god, this is so much pressure. And well, ever since, you know, practically moving in with my girlfriend and her mom, well, TV's on a lot, so there's been a ton of shows I watch over and over. Main three, of course, are South Park, The Office, and Golden Girls. Aren't you just lucky you have access to all them seasons of South Park? Well, it's on, we're watching it on Comedy Central. Oh, so he never got around to that thing, huh? I, I guess not. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're probably uh, second-guessing doing all that stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's my list, and that's our opening segment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot longer than I thought it was going to be, but, you know, that's we were off for two months. Yeah, pretty much. All right, so let's just get into these movies, shall we? I believe you are first. Yeah, my movie came out in, what, 76? Yep. Yeah, I'm first. We'll uh, do a song, a trailer, and we'll be back. Keep testing me and mentally molesting me 
Samuel P. Fuller, age 24. Linda Mae Jenkins, age 19. Brutally attacked March 3rd, 1946. Howard W. Turner, 29. Emma Lou Cook, 17. Bodies discovered in a wooded area on March 24th. Roy Allen, 17. Peggy Loomis, 15. Both found dead April 14th in Spring Lake Park. Floyd Reed, age 34. Murdered in his home on May 3rd. Mrs. Reed shot twice, but survived. This man's identity is unknown. He was believed to be between 30 and 40 years old. He wore a white hood and was known only as the Phantom Killer. World War II had just ended. In Texarkana, Arkansas, boys had come home to their families. Husbands reunited with their wives. It was a happy, peaceful time. Until the Phantom Killer struck. For four months, he held an entire city in the icy grip of terror. Now, Charles B. Pierce brings this incredible, shocking, and true story to the screen in The Town That Dreaded Sundown, starring Academy Award winner Ben Johnson as Captain J.D. Morales of the Texas Rangers. We got a cold-blooded killer here, a man who nobody sees, a phantom who so far hasn't made any mistakes. Andrew Prine as Deputy Norman Ramsey of the Texarkana Sheriff's Department. The only thing we really do know is that we've got a very strange person on our hands. <laughs> the Town That Dreaded Sundown, a true story. And we're back talking about a movie that I feel is highly underrated. Uh, yeah. A movie that doesn't really get a lot of credit and probably a lot of people don't really know about. I mean, I can only name like one other movie that references it. The original Scream. When you know the whole town's in curfew, Sydney says, this is like the town that dreaded sundown. Yeah, pretty... Pretty fun little thing. Uh, so what are this, what is the stuff for us there, Jake? All right. Town of Dread Sundown came out December 24th, 1976. Oh, Christmas Eve movie. And hey, the previous time I watched this movie before this episode was on Christmas Eve. <laughs> That's funny enough. Of course, most of the time I was uh, on my phone uh, talking to a friend about why Die Hard is a Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> They'll call back to our previous episode we recorded. <laughs> yeah, fucking two months ago, like the day after Christmas. <laughs> uh, 6.0 on IUDB, director Charles B. Pierce uh, did a few like other like documentary-type movies, such as The Legend of Boggy Creek. I've heard of that, just never seen it. I've heard of it too. The uh, the poster looks pretty interesting. Maybe we should uh, do it on the show someday. Yeah, that'd be a good one. So the cast, well, yeah. Now I just remembered the other person who died in the last two months. Uh, Don Wells, Marianne from Gilligan's Island. Yeah, she's in this movie. And the only other person I recognize is Andrew Prine. You know, when I was watching this movie, it's like that name sounds so fucking familiar. I realized it. Yeah, he was the uh, priest in Amityville 2. 
Uh, I've only seen that movie once, so I'm not really going to have the best memory of who it is. Yeah, and that's everybody I recognize in this movie, honestly. All right, well, uh, I'm going to do this uh, pretty quick. Like I said, uh, Jake, you know, he's a father now, so we, uh, we're going to try not to keep him away from the, the child for too long. <laughs> so we start out Sunday, March 3rd, 1946, in the small town of Texas, Arcana, or Texarkana, Arkansas. Sammy and Linda May are out parking in a car, or should I say necking. Yeah. Well, the car hood pops open, and a man wearing a hood over his face takes something from the engine. Sammy realizes that someone is out there and fruitlessly tries starting the car as the hooded man breaks the driver's side car window with a pipe and pulls Sammy out. Linda May screams, and the man goes for her as well. Well, one thing I, I do want to ask you, what what do you think about the, the fucking heavy breathing that this guy has? Yeah, it's it's kind of cool, kind of a little nice touch to add to the character, which is a pretty silent killer otherwise. And uh, yeah. I, I gotta mention, that's kind of interesting they went with the silent killer aspect, because real case, yeah, the Phantom, he was saying some shit to these victims. Yeah, it's I mean, interesting, because like, when I watch the remake, I'm like, why the fuck is he talking? It, <laughs> it doesn't work. Well, that's apparently how it went in real life, like, I just remember when all my heroes did this movie, you know, Tyler would uh, interject with some of the, like, how it went in real life. And, yeah, like I said, Phantom was saying some shit to the victims. You make me want to go listen to the fucking episode. <laughs> I wonder well, if I have that in my archives. Linda May is found lying severely wounded on the side of the road the, uh, the following morning, and both she and Sammy are taken to a nearby hospital. A doctor tells Deputy Ramsey and Sheriff Baker that Linda May was bitten and literally chewed on different parts of her body by the assailant. And you got to remember, this is 1946. This is just after World War II ended. So, you know, all that stuff really isn't, you know, the science isn't that uh, up there yet. So... You know, doing the the swabs and trying to get a DNA sample. I, I yep. don't think they were thinking about that back then. Yeah, 50 years before forensic files. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she should. Uh, Police Chief Sullivan asks about the Lover's Lane case, and he tells the other officers to warn people about parking on lonely roads. Uh, Ramsey states his belief that the mystery, uh, mysterious person will strike again. On March 24th, Howard and his girlfriend, Emma Lou, go out driving in the rain after hearing gunshots. Ramsey, patrolling in his car, finds Howard's parked car, but no one around. Uh, Ramsey ends up hearing more gunshots in the woods, and he finds Howard and Emma Lou both dead, having been shot several times. The hooded killer gets uh, in a parked car, and he drives away. Well, since the killer, now known as the Phantom, seems to have no motive and the townspeople begin to dread sundown... Roll credits! <laughs> I was just waiting. Uh, <laughs> a few days later, Ramsey goes to a nearby train station to meet Captain Morales, a famous criminal investigator and Texas Ranger who arrives in Texarkana to find the killer. Morales has the, uh, the officers set up a curfew for the entire town. Uh, Many people are on the case, including a few associates of the FBI, whom also arrive in town to assist. 
a number of criminals and crazy people come forward admitting to the murders while a horde of uh, other citizens are demanding protection. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, whenever there's a killer out there, somebody wants to get blamed for it. <laughs> yeah, and imagine how crazy it is again in 1946 when you don't really have the technology to track who the killer really is. Yeah, must have been a headache. <laughs> Ramsey ends up uh, telling Morales that on April 14th, 21 more days after the second attack, the killer may strike again. Morales sets up decoys, cops posing as couples in unmarked uh, parked cars. And ooh, that was kind of the stupidest part of this movie, I would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well... That, uh, that very night at the local junior and high school prom, uh, many people are leaving under the watchful eyes of the police officers nearby. Uh, Peggy gets her dr- uh, trombone and leaves with her boyfriend, Roy. Roy suggests parking at their favorite spot, despite Peggy uh, Peggy's warning uh, wariness over the uh, recent murders. Well, after making out, the uh, the two of them not often wake up in their car at 2.40 in the morning. Well, as Roy starts the car and begins to drive away, the Phantom suddenly appears and jumps on their car. He grabs Roy and causes both of them to fall out. The, uh, the Phantom uh, whacks Roy on the head with uh, a pistol and then chases Peggy down and ties her to a tree. Well... Roy, he's still alive, and but uh, you know he's a bit dazed, so he gets up and tries to run away. But the killer ends up shooting him dead. The killer then goes to Peggy's trombone, uh, attaches a knife to the end, and quote unquote plays the instrument, uh, stabbing Peggy in the back a few times, killing her. I gotta say, probably one of the best kills of this movie. I mean, pretty creative way. It's like, <laughs> that fan was thinking, ah, you know, I could just stab her, but you know what? why not be a little uh, theatrical about it? <laughs> and uh, I just want to mention, you notice after he kills her, he kind of like puts his head down like he's almost kind of sad. Uh, I, uh, something yeah, I always notice uh, every time I watch this movie. Kind of. I, uh, like I like my, my prey is no longer alive. I cannot fuck with them anymore. I don't know, like, maybe they were trying to insinuate that, like, maybe this phantom really doesn't want to, like, uh, maybe he's, like, some schizophrenic that's, like, you know, being told to kill these people. Uh, it would have been interesting to know the thought process behind that, maybe. Well, the next day, Morales is uh, upset that the phantom was able to kill again, with uh, all the law officers out looking for him. In a nearby diner, Morales, Ramsey, and a group talk to Dr. Cress, who says that the Phantom is apparently motivated by a strong sex drive and will probably not get caught. He also says that the killings are like a game to the Phantom. Uh, Morales asks the doctor if the killer is insane, in which Dr. Cress replies, Oh yes. At a nearby table, an unseen man wearing the killer's boots and slacks stands up and walks out of the diner unnoticed after he has apparently heard everything the officers were talking about. Yeah, nice little touch. He just one one interesting thing I uh, I did see about this. There was like a little uh, video I watched after this movie. Is that the scariest thing about this killer is the fact that he was an insider. Mm, yeah, like he was 
he could have been your next door neighbor for all you know. And I think, you know, that's probably the creepiest thing about him. And of course, I mean, that's, you know, what they were trying to do with the original Halloween. You know, it was like, you know, Michael Myers, just your next door neighbor kid who just snaps and decides to kill a few more people. So on uh, Friday, May 3rd, Helen drives away after uh, grocery shopping and is unknowingly followed by the unseen killer, who is identified by his familiar boots. Uh, While she's at home in a remote farmhouse, her husband Floyd in the living room is sitting in an armchair reading a newspaper when the phantom walks up to the window and shoots him twice with a silenced pistol. Uh, Helen only hears the breaking glass and enters the living room to see Floyd fall out of his chair on the floor dead, with two bullet wounds to the back of his head and neck. Uh, Helen runs to a phone to call the police when the killer bursts into the house through the front doors and shoots Helen twice in the face. Pretty messed up, man. <laughs> I'm surprised she survived all that. Yeah, like one went through her cheek and I don't even know where the other one went. Must have like grazed the side of her head or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. Despite being shot in her right cheek and shot through her open mouth, manages to crawl out of the house through the back door and stumbles into a cornfield. The phantom follows her out with a pickaxe. <laughs> Fucking my bloody Valentine over here. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe a little bit of original Friday the 13th Part 2, even with the sack. <laughs> After a cat-and-mouse game of hiding in the cornfield, Helen gets to a nearby house and bangs on the door and windows yelling for help. A concerned farmer, armed with a shotgun, comes out to help her. Uh, The killer, seeing the man with the gun, angrily flees. And you can see the killer is very upset by this. And he's shaking his head, no, don't take her. You're (laughs) messing all of this up, you motherfucker. I'll I'll kill you all. (laughs) Well... Another few weeks later, Ramsey and Morales get a call about an abandoned car that fits the description of the car Ramsey saw that rainy night. They uh, they find the car, and they get some uh, shotguns from their police car and run off into the woods to look for the Phantom. They find the Phantom walking around an old quarry, walking around with his hood still on him. Uh, That's the only Morales, time you see him during the day, too. Yeah. Morales and Ramsey, they chase the Phantom through the woods and uh, to the railroad tracks, where the Phantom jumps over the tracks and a moving train gets between them. Morales ends up firing underneath the moving train and hits the killer in his left leg. The Phantom manages to stumble away into the woods on the other side of the tracks. So now, you would think that you get shot in the leg. Why would you keep running? Why would you just jump on the train? Right. <laughs> I don't know, he was probably a little panicked, he's like, ah, I'm pretty close to getting caught. (laughs) (laughs) Over the next few days, police officers and bloodhounds, uh, bloodhound dogs, search the woods and the nearby swamps, but the wounded killer is not found. Afterwards, the killings stop, but the fear continues on to this day. The voiceover narrator explains that no one ever found out what happened to the Phantom. In the final scene during the Christmas season of the 1976, the film that town, uh, the, the town that Jordan Sundown premieres in Texarkana and the shoes of the Phantom are seen on someone standing in line. A voiceover narrator details the fates of each of the main characters. Captain J.D. Morales never stopped looking for the Phantom Kelly. He returned to his home in Laredo, Texas uh, later that same year and kept digging and searching for evidence for uh, the next decade in one of America's most baffling and unsolved cases. As of uh, present day, blah, 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 uh, this is all stuff from, like, the 1970s, so. 
Yeah, he's probably still not alive, I bet. Yeah, no. Uh, a lot of these guys died already. Um, but yeah, uh, a lot of, pretty much all of the the workers, you know, who were looking for him, all the cops and everything, they were all, fucking, they all kept looking for him after, you know, the killing stopped. They Like, they never stopped, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. why would you, man? I mean, this case has to get to you, I would bet. Yeah. So that pretty much wraps up this movie. So, Jake. Thoughts? So, as a true crime movie, it's interesting, you know, explaining, like, how stuff went down. Then, you know, just kind of, like, um, stretching the truth a little bit. Obviously, I mean, yeah, know. obviously, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a movie. You got to add a little bit of stuff here, a little bit of stuff there, just to yeah. make it, you know. Change some names to, you know, honor the real-life victims and all. I mean, you know, I people would uh, often throw this in the slasher genre, and I would not call it a slasher, even though it kind of has the elements of it. But, yeah, I'd say it's more of a true crime-type movie. But Honestly, yeah, I mean, it. I don't think it's a slasher just because, like, usually in the slashers, they really depend on, you know, specific types of weapons – and we don't really get that here. I think, what, there was maybe one or two stabbings? Yeah. But I mean, other than uh, that, he used a gun most of the time. I mean, the only way I would uh, consider a slasher was the trombone killing. But my problem with this, and, you know, looking back, might have been something with a lot of 70s horror films is all the goofy shit in this movie. You know, I just think of some other, like, 70s horror flicks, like, um... In the original Last House on the left, you know, he had some goofy shit thrown in the middle. And then even in Black Christmas, although in my opinion, it works in Black Christmas. But this movie, it is so jarring. Like, it's just like you took Barney Fife from the Andy Griffiths show and just inserted him into your true crime movie. It's like, like I said, it just doesn't work with this movie. And, you know, you just kind of want more of a creepy atmospheric type you know, thriller movie. Uh, I mean, maybe one scene of the goofy shit would have been okay, but it just seems yeah, like it's like thrown in uh, through. You know, the the scene where they're they're chasing the one guy and the fucking cops go flying into the lake or yeah, fucking spark plug. He's dressed up as a woman and everybody's making fun of him. Like like some of that stuff. I mean, yeah, you gotta you gotta cut a little bit of the tension here and there just to you know. But it felt like it. Wasn't needed. Yeah, I mean, it could have been a better way to cut the tension, if you ask me. So, yeah, if you ask me, the goofy shit just kind of ruins this movie a little bit. But uh, I'm just going to give this one a just okay, because, you know, the true crime stuff is pretty cool. But, again, goofy shit ruins it. Well, for me, honestly, I don't really have that issue with this movie. I mean, yeah... If you can look past the goofy shit, I mean, it it's really a dark movie. Like, it's based on something that actually happened. So you gotta, for me, I think back to what it would be like to live in this time. Right? Okay. We have, like, limited amounts of technology, right? We don't have cell phones. We don't have, you know, crazy, you know, stuff like we have today. So you cut somebody's phone lines, there's no way for them to get in touch with the outside world. They're completely alone, and 
that you know is is a very scary thing. Now think about it like this: 1940s, you're out in a car in the middle of nowhere. Cell phones aren't a thing, right? So you know the the fact that somebody can just come up and fucking kill you, you know it, that's pretty freaky thinking about. But you know it, I've only ever seen this movie like once or twice before picking this. But, you know, I enjoy the movie. You know, it's it's really interesting because of the time frame that it's in, you know, learning about, you know, the different stuff that they had to do back then, you know, even though it's, you know, not 100% accurate. You know, it's I, th- I still find it interesting. But, yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think it would be more true crime than it would be actual uh, you know, slasher. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, definitely slasher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm I'm actually gonna go pretty good with this one. I th- I think it's a pretty good movie. Okay, yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, okay, I guess well speaking of next movie, yeah, let's just take a little quick break and then we'll talk about the sequel remake, whichever you want to call it, uh, from 2014. The requel? Yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> Be right back.
Grandma, do you remember anything about the murders? Your great-grandpa and your great-grandma lived in this house when it happened. He was the boogeyman, they said. Can't catch the boogeyman. Can't kill the boogeyman. You know, before that summer, everybody would leave their doors unlocked. And after the summer, you saw a stranger. You'd run the other way. And now, he's back. and blood killer just about everyone around here has got some kind of blood on their hands he's gonna make the town pay for its sins Town that dreaded sundown 2014 5.6 on imdb so 0.4 lower than previous one and came out october 17th 2014 uh the director is alfonso gomez rejon i guess that's how you pronounce his name and uh guys known for directing some episodes of american horror story and glee <laughs> yeah, that's who you want directing a horror movie <laughs> Yeah, I, I want this guy. He he directed this show. What's it called? Oh, Glee. Oh, yeah, it's a pretty good show. Let's, let's let's get this guy in. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> Honestly, I've never uh, never watched an episode of that show. Ditto. Now, well, bigger cast than the last movie. Oh, I got Veronica Cartwright from Alien. Anthony Anderson in this movie. <laughs> Anthony Anderson, Gary Cole. <laughs> no, but in this movie he doesn't say fuck Bruce Willis. <laughs> okay. yeah, and we can't call fucking Gary Cole Professor Dickweed either. <laughs> uh, Edward Herman. Uh, I guess he was on Gilmore Girls. I don't know, but I know him from the Lost Boys. The guy's name Spencer Treat Clark. Uh. I didn't recognize him the first time I watched this movie years ago, but watching it this time, I was like, oh, yeah, that's Bruce Willis's son from Unbreakable and Glass. And, of course, the last one I got here is Joshua Leonard from the Blair Witch Project and the only guy from that cast who actually found work after 
Blair Witch. I mean, that chick, you know, she did a few things. And the last thing I think she ever did was that one episode of It's Always Sunny. And uh, which, I, which episode is that? Oh, I can't remember who exactly she was. Like, I think Charlie was trying to get with her, maybe. I want to say it's probably somewhere in the first season of the show. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't remember it. I typically start from season two, and I'm sure you know why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now we get to October 2013. We got the small town of Texarkana where, you know, every Halloween, the local drive-in shows the movie, The Town That Dreaded Sundown. And of course, you got to say, hey, if it's your town, why not watch the movie, right? Yeah. yeah. Kind, of a, kind of some Scream 4 vibes of them watching the Stab movies. Yeah, maybe that's where they got it from. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, we get to this one couple of Corey and Jamie. They're watching a movie, and, well, Jamie, she's not enjoying this movie, so they decide they're going to leave and do some other things. And, well, also at this screening of this movie is the Reverend, who, yeah, he's not a fan of this movie. <laughs> like, this is an evil movie right here. These people really died. When we see you must couple, repent for your sins. The couple's leaving. He's like, you two are doing a good thing. <laughs> like, well, he doesn't know what they're going to be doing. <laughs> Corey and Jamie, they park in a secluded area talking, and then that's where they see the Phantom. Yep, guy dressed exactly like the Phantom from the movie. Hey, look, this leave, guy's but, playing uh, make-believe over here. <laughs> they try to leave, but the Phantom attacks and drags them out at gunpoint. And, you know, he singles out Corey, telling him to remove his pants and lie on the ground. And, you know, knowing what we know now from this movie, uh, that was kind of an interesting <laughs> decision. <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't pants. make a lot of sense. I <laughs> uh, wonder what he was thinking. <laughs> well, he makes uh, Jamie turn around. And that's kind of a cool shot right here. You know, we got red lights. And, you know, we see the making shadows, and we see the Phantom just stabbing Corey to death. Well, Jamie runs off, but she is caught by the Phantom, and, well, he lets her go, but not before telling her, this is for Mary. Makes them remember. And so back to the drive-in she goes, and, you know, everybody sees her as she just collapsed. Again, making me think of Scream, Jada Pinkett Smith collapsing during the screening of Stab. Well, the next morning, well, she's being interviewed by the police before releasing that. You know, she's uh, goes back to her grandma where they're watching news about the attack. And, well, grandma, well, she's old enough that she actually lived through the original killings. You know, just a little girl went happened. And, uh, you know, she just says that you know, during that time, you know, everybody was afraid, locking all their doors and stuff. And, uh. Before that time, nobody ever locked their doors. Well, just a few days before Thanksgiving, we get this uh, chick meeting her boyfriend coming back from the military. And uh, did you notice the name of this guy? Daniel Torrance? I wonder if that's a reference to something. (laughs) (laughs) She's excited to be back with him, and he's excited too. And how excited are they? Well... Next thing we see from them is they are, like, making some love at the hotel. And I gotta say, it was almost uh, X-rated right there. I don't think that they were having a little 
I don't think they were making love. I think they were just raw fucking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Both times I watched this movie was uh, on the computer. So, hey, but I got to say that uh, was I almost got a little glimpse in between the legs. <laughs> there. <laughs> well, this is Jake Paws the movie. <laughs> just pulled out the magnifying glass there and inspected. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what we could see here. Yeah, definitely gotta watch this on the big screen sometime. <laughs> After that, he leaves to go get some snacks, but a while she's hearing some noises, and when she looks out the window, well, the Phantom just pops up and slams her boyfriend's severed head right through the window. Pretty yeah, so, cool, man. Yeah, so already we're getting some more brutal murders than the last movie, that's for sure. Should we just... Spoil it. I mean, you can always cut this part out, but should should we just go ahead and say who, who, which one do you think this was that did this? Hmm. You know, unlike Scream, I never really sat down to actually think about it. Honestly, I mean, this is only the second time I watched a movie, so I don't know. Um. Honestly, I think you know it being as brutal as it was, I'm thinking maybe it was the the older guy. Yeah, I would say so. Like, younger guy, you know, he's just in it for the fame. I, you just wonder how much of the killings he actually did. Yeah. It's it's, it's something that, you know, now that we're running it down, I'm just going to sit here and try to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, she jumps out the bathroom window and, you know, breaks her leg. Right, she lands. Trying to lift to her car, but Ow. the killer catches up to her and just, you know, Brutally murders her. I think that goes along the lines of, like, the fingernail stuff. Like, just watching someone's knee pop out like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's some pretty brutal stuff. <laughs> well, let's see, where is that? Oh, uh, yeah, so, right around this time, Jamie, she's at home, and she's getting a phone call. And uh, it's from the Phantom saying, I'm going to do it again and again until you make some remember. Hi, <laughs> babe. <laughs> she decides to tell the police escort Deputy Foster about the incident And yeah, they go and uh, Try to talk to police including Lone Wolf Morales This time played by Anthony Anderson Himself Yeah it's just a coincidence he has the same name Isn't it <laughs> <laughs> In fact yeah, First time I watched this movie I was Hoping yeah, when he was watching it just to Research what was happening I was hoping he would get a scene where he's like, hey, this guy's got the same name as me. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, the police, they decide not to take this too seriously. And it's like, uh, uh, crappy police force right there. <laughs> Jamie decides to do a little research, and she gets a little help from this other kid named Nick. Well, I guess they went to high school with each other, and, well, Nick kind of likes her. Uh, he's getting friend-zoned at the point. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they go to a visual for the phantom victims so far, and yeah. And of course, as we always know with these slasher movies, the survivor, she always, like, gets these weird looks from everybody. Why did you get to live and he died? But... Those, those looks. Yep. Right in the middle of this visual, the phantom actually comes up, and, uh, well, he is shot down by a marine officer. And so... That's revenge for my friend, you son of a bitch. Well, so, it's looking like right here. Okay, the Phantom's dead. 
<laughs> the movie over. <laughs> yeah, 40 minutes. What a short movie. <laughs> hey, Scott, what do you think of this one? <laughs> well, around the time, well, there's a dance going on, and, well, they're told, hey, Phantom's dead. Well, around this time, these two guys, they decide they're going to leave together. And, uh, well, it turns out they're a gay couple. And, well, not only a gay couple, but interracial gay couple. Uh, and, eh, eh. When you're living in a place like uh, the border of Texas and Arkansas, uh, yeah. Not something you want to be. <laughs> yeah. Then they go drive off to the secluded area, and they're about to do things to each other. But uh, the Phantom, he actually comes out, and you know, he captures one of them and beats them up. And then he ties the other one up, and we get a recreation of the trombone death right here and it's done a lot more brutally this time and uh well around this time we learn about the phantom that was shot down and you know obviously not the phantom but it was a teen who decided to die uh, just commit suicide die by cop or marine officer in this point and yeah. uh, sometimes you just want to go out but you, you can't have the stones to do it yourself Yep. Well, it's around Christmas time, and Morales and Deputy Tillman, they're visiting the Reverend at his church because they discover that he is the one who's been sending Jamie the emails. But they don't think he's a fan of and You know, he was doing this just to uh, you know, drive fear into everybody. I want more people into my church. It's the only way. Yeah. I must save their souls. Yeah, so, I wonder. Uh, it sounds a lot like every other freaking priest that ends up <laughs> becoming a bad guy. Yeah, so it's not the killer, but not a very good guy at all. And you think you're going to heaven? Oh, that night, Deputy Tillman, he's at a bar, and you know he's a little worn out from the day. And well, he spots this woman over there, and yeah, he takes her back to his place where uh, he gets a little BJ from her, <laughs> and. Uh, I like this little fake out we get here, you know. We think he's reaching over for his gun. Eh, nope, he's just reaching for his beer. <laughs> because, yeah, why not? BJ and a beer? <laughs> Low job and a beer. Well, right as <laughs> Deputy is about to uh, climax, he is shot right in the eye. Okay. Well, the chick, she sees the phantom, so she freaks out and she runs away. And, yeah, it's kind of a recreation of the... Don well seen in the original. Except this time, well, the chick, when, well, she's crawling through the cornfield, she runs into a scarecrow, freaks out, and gets the Phantom's attention. <laughs> and kind of shot, kind of cool, you know, you get the overhead shot and see where everybody's been. And, well, the next morning, some people, they go out to their farm, and, well, they find the chick hanging where the scarecrow used to be. We go on a church. Oh, my God, is that a dead white girl? <laughs> And, uh, well, a kind of cool transition is there where you get to see, you know, people filming the original scene of this, you know, recreated, of course. And, well, Jamie and Nectar visiting Charles Pierce Jr., the son of the maker of the original. And, yeah, this guy, well, talk about living off the grid. <laughs> Lives in a boat right in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> not not even on the water, just <laughs> middle of nowhere. <laughs> and, yeah, he's got a uh, cool memorabilia all around this place of the original movie and you know he starts to talk about uh this guy named hank mccready 
the sixth victim of the original Phantom killings, but they never really told his story, so the guy was kind of forgotten about. What's so funny? <laughs> uh, Stop laughing at me. <laughs> you gotta love podcasting at somebody else's place. <laughs> uh, this is why I miss podcasting living by myself for about ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, you know, Hank had a uh, wife named Mary, ringing a little bell to Jamie. You know, they had a kid, and, you know, he thinks that the killer must be the grandson of Hank McCready. Gotta be the only explanation. Well, Nick doesn't believe this shit and thinks he's a little out there. I mean, I mean, yeah, he kind of is out there. Hell, he's got the fucking, uh, he's got the mask of the original killer. Right. But, uh... Well, that night, when Jamie gets home, well, Grandma's found some letters to a uh, college that she's been hiding. So it's like, now, nah, we're going to California. You're getting the hell out of this town. She decides to meet Nick one more time. And, well, earlier there was a scene where Nick was trying to kiss her. She's like, ew, no, get away from me. What uh, do you think you're doing? <laughs> My boyfriend was just killed. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, learning she's, a, learning she's about to leave. She meets up with Nick one more time. Little sexy, sexy right here. Man, and sucking. And, well, Nick is walking home. Well, this is a kind of a cool sequence. Yo, he got some flashing lights. I'm assuming, like, the motion lights of each house. It reminded me of uh, Halloween 2018. Yeah, good point. And, uh, well, after walking a little further, a phantom appears out of nowhere and just attacks him. And, whew, that was a good jump scare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm watching this movie on my computer with earbuds and whoo that definitely got me. Well, <laughs> fucking loud ass, you know, stingers. Oh yeah, I forgot to tell a little bit of the story of uh, Jamie. Like uh, I don't know if they even told it right here or if I skipped it. Well, you know, she doesn't like this movie mostly because you know she was spending a night at some friend's house when she was a little kid, and well, the older brother of this friend just pops out of nowhere with the phantom mask, scares <laughs> the shit out of them, and well, she <laughs> she wants to leave, and her parents come and pick her up, and well, <laughs> on the way home they get in a crash. Both parents dead. That's why she's living with grandma. Then that's why she doesn't like this movie. Well, now Grandma and Jamie are leaving, and <laughs> you gotta love this piece of dialogue right here. Grandma says, "Yeah, I- I've never left Texas in my whole life," and uh, <laughs> she's like living like right on the border of Texas, Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, maybe she's she was you know a townie. Maybe she never left. Yeah, <laughs> he just never just. Took a few steps over the border. <laughs> I, I think maybe she meant, like, I've never gone to, like, Louisiana or Florida or you know, Tennessee. Yeah. Or... yeah, I guess not. Well, they decided to stop at a gas station and the guy filling up his gas and attend in there. But they hear a gunshot and she goes out. She sees the other guy shot dead and grandma with a little puncture wound on her neck. And the other guy's trying to come Grandma. Other guy's coming out to help, but he is shot dead himself. And yeah, there's a phantom, and she is like running away, very secluded town, like nothing around. She runs into an abandoned building where she is hiding, but uh, you know, her cell phone rings. And who is it from? It's from Corey. Ba ba ba. Of course, yeah. Of course, in these movies, nobody likes to keep their phone on silent or just vibrate only. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, the phantom catches her and well, she runs away and she ends up on a train track and well, she finds Nick and he is cut into pieces on there. And uh, well, <laughs> right away some more. She is shot through the leg by some arrows and even through the shoulder and well, yeah, obviously she was shot behind by the phantom, but she looks ahead and what? There's another phantom? Huh? So yeah, another little scream thing. Like, well, we kind of spoiled a little early. There's two killers now. Uh, who are they? Well, first one takes off his mask. It is Foster, the cop that's been watching her this whole time. So who's the second one? It's Corey. Uh, huh? Aren't you dead? They, you were found dead. No, I found her, Foster says. And, yeah, they just actually killed a uh, runaway teen from nearby town and had him pose as Corey. And so the motives, of course, find out Foster. He is the grandson of McCready. And Corey, well, he just wants a little fame. He he wants, uh, doesn't want what he's going to get out of just being the little small town of Texarkana. Doesn't want to be the football star. He wants to be a legend. And, oh, again, well, kind know. of a reform. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm tired of living in your shadow. It's time for me. But of course, right in the middle of his little monologue, Foster shoots him dead because he's uh, going to say that he was the original killer and Jamie was joining him. So again, we got uh, kind of a Mickey and Mrs. Loomis thing from Scream 2. He's uh, trying to prepare to stab Jamie. She grabs a gun and just shoots him dead. You and, dumb bastard. Yeah, and he just falls into the water. And, well, I guess apparently they never found his body, you know, saying proudly swallowed. And she ends up leaving Texarkana, going to college, where nobody would know what happened to her. But in the final shot, we see she's walking down the corridor and a shadow of the phantom following nearby. So, is it the actual phantom, or is that just, like, a, uh, she'll always be haunted by the phantom yeah that's a good point uh might be because i i don't know like she shot foster pretty damn good i don't know how he could survive that <laughs> maybe it's another scream saying you know it's like hey she was attacked by the phantom so i'm gonna dress as him too i mean yo she talks about how you know nobody would know what happened to her but hey let's face it it's the uh 21st century <laughs> yeah so, anybody can look up anything the fight, out. <laughs> yeah so all right that's Town to Dread Sundown 2014. What do you think about this one? Well, I can't remember what I originally gave it back when it, like, first came out. You know, when all my heroes do it. But, uh, you know, watching it this time, there, there's some pretty cool stuff in this. You know, some of the kills are really, really cool. Um, I completely forgot that there was two killers, so the whole Corey thing was like, uh, it was like a, whoa, oh, okay. You know, and uh, yeah, once again, uh, why did they have him take his pants off? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It was just weird. Ah, <laughs> uh, um, I don't know. I this I feel like this is kind of on the same level as that one. It it's a good idea for what it is. It's not a remake, but it's not like a sequel. Because it's two different things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I'll just go pretty good with it. Yeah. So, uh, a little, it's a little better, in my opinion, than the original, because less of that goofy shit. 
And yeah, I just got to admit, the concept, yeah, it's a pretty interesting idea, you know. I mean, you know, we originally heard they were trying to remake this movie, and it's like, okay, so we're going to get how the killings really went down with all that goofy shit. And they announced, oh, it's going to be taking place in the universe where the movie actually happened. And it's just like, um, okay, but... I don't know. The way they executed it was actually pretty damn good, and all from a guy who directed Glee, <laughs> of all people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, never judge a book by its cover, I guess. I mean, yeah, as we kept pointing out, it's definitely very, very uh, inspired by Scream. <laughs> I mean, everything along the lines just reminds you of each one of those movies, man. <laughs> And, you know, lots of references, you know, like, hey, the uh, the guy they're bringing in to investigate, oh, he's Lone Wolf as well. And yeah, I forgot to mention there was some guy, like, in the, in the room when they were talking called Sparkplug. Yeah. <laughs> it just kind of makes you wonder, like, again, how this Lone Wolf wasn't watching a movie like, hey, this is a little too much of a coincidence right here. <laughs> yeah, so, and uh, at the end, uh, I, don't, I don't know what I saw about the two killers thing at first i mean oh i think originally i think it would have been cool if again we did not know who the killer was he kept it kind of a mystery yeah but then again this i don't know it kind of went its own direction and was like yeah all right so this this was the original killer but we don't really know who the original actually was Right. So, I mean, you can still look at it like that and just think that this was more for story than anything else. Yeah, that's a good point right there. I I still think it keeps that, you know, that mystery about it. You know, because who knows? Maybe he wasn't the original killer. and Maybe this is all just, you know, the the delusions of an insane man. Right. And, yeah, as we're saying, you know, kills... Hell of a lot more brutal. I mean, like we said, the last one, not really much of a slasher movie, but this one, oh yeah, it's definitely a slasher movie. Oh yeah. So, yeah, I think this one I'll give up pretty good as well. Yeah, I, I definitely think you know, that fucking head coming through the window, that, that's probably <laughs> one of the most fucked up things in this one. Right. Hey, here's your boyfriend's severed head, lady. <laughs> 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 and we're lucky since the killer talked uh, that he didn't go too punny. He's like, hey, lady, how about a little head? <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say now that I'm thinking about it, that would have been great. But then at the same time, we have enough Freddy Krueger-esque villains out there. Yeah, and I, I do like how they had him talk in this one hand. Again, it's just like trying to keep it more brutal like the original Phantom was supposed to be like. Well, <laughs> okay. I've exhausted everything you could say about that movie. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have. All right, let's take a pretty quick break, and then we'll discuss what next time will be, obviously, but what we will do next time. (laughs) Which I don't even think we know what we're going to do, so (laughs) we need to talk about it. Did you ever think when the hearse rolls by that someday you are going to die? Oh 
Whenever next time may be, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, we we might be a little sporadic, like I said. Well, we're probably gonna be like um, all my heroes in the last half of the show, where you know they would go like maybe a month or maybe two. 
for a while. I mean, at least until we're settled into our new house and, and such. Things will get settled down. For right now, you know, we're, we're lucky that we were able to pull this episode out, so. Yeah. I mean, you know, as much as I love being a father, and yeah, I really do. I was kind of missing this, so yeah, yeah. You, you go so long doing something, and then you you go without it for a long time. It's just like, what, what am I supposed to do with my time now? <laughs> Whenever we do decide to get together again, maybe two weeks, maybe three, maybe a full month, we'll let you know. I mean, you'll see it pop up on the, your podcast feeds when it does. If you even <laughs> listen, that is. <laughs> uh, we're deciding to go little comedies, and yeah. During the Super Bowl, well, they came out with these uh, commercials for Uber Eats, which brought back some, uh, some very familiar characters yeah, from about 30 years ago. And God damn it, I can't believe that's 30 years ago. Damn. <laughs> some characters. So thank I freaking, I just turned 25. Some characters from uh, originated from a Saturday Night Live skit, and they were able to spawn two movies. And all I can say is, Excellent! <laughs> right on. <laughs> no, we're not talking Bill and Seth. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of funny. You know, we had to, two movies where the, the characters would say stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I wonder if there were some legal battles when those movies came out because of <laughs> how similar they were. But yeah, like, I, like we said, not Bill and Ted. We're talking Wayne and Garth. Ooh. Yeah, so... Expect a lot of laughs and from that, and yeah, some uh, probably some cool music next episode as well. <laughs> yeah, in case we are gone for a while, well, you have plenty and plenty of time to leave some thoughts on that. Fact, you've had plenty <laughs> yeah. of time this whole time. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's 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 a shame, you guys. Come on, <laughs> Stan. I know you're listening. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. In case you haven't been hearing a dog's right next to me again, uh, you've, no. you just let off a pretty good sneeze right there. Hey, want to say some words? A sneeze. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so leave them at unholymofos at gmail.com or our Facebook group. Yeah, I think the Facebook group needs some activity over there. So, yeah. Yeah, so how about that? We go from the Dark Knight episode to this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, I think we were just right in the middle of Batman Begins at this point. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's fucking show. <laughs> that was a that was a fucking marathon. Yeah, that's the real reason we took a two two month break, people. We needed to recover <laughs> from that. <laughs> the show was way too long. <laughs> I mean, that show was long enough to, yo, be uh, two or four episodes right there. Ah, <laughs> uh, yep. So, I think it's time to go. I think so, too. So, until Wayne's World, whenever that may be, peace out. Later, fuckers.